Hello and welcome to Three Friends and a Book. My name is Holly, and as always, I'm joined by my two dear friends who I love and who we argue with each other and we support each other. Caroline first. Hi, Holly. Hi. Thanks for having me join you today. Whatever. And Janine. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Y'all, it's Friday. Who okay. <laughs> else would I have joined me? It's Friday. Y'all are my, my friends. I think you pod with other people too, so. Not about books. Just saying. Not about books. Just saying. Whatever. The other one's about running. Would you like to come on that one? No. Okay. Um, so, we're back in the studio and we have read the book, The Lost Girls of Paris by Pam Janoff. Um. But just to kind of remember, because I think the last time we podcasted, I forgot to say the quote. What kind of got us all started on this years ago, we love talking about books because we think about the uh, quote by Hannah Arendt that says, the things of the world become more human for us only when we can discuss them with our fellows. We humanize what is going on in the world and in ourselves only by speaking of it. And in the course of speaking of it, we learn to be human. Did I say that quote correctly? You did. Okay. It sounded right. I had to put my readers on halfway through. <laughs> Didn't know if I missed a word or two. All this reading is making us uh, all need readers. Mm-hmm. We're, we're all in reader, reader zones these days. Do you think it's because of reading or because of our age? I'm going to choose to believe it's because for the many years we've been on this earth, we've been reading a lot. Okay. I mean, that's what made John Milton go blind. So, okay, true. We could be like John Milton. I think anybody who wrote Paradise Lost would read it or write it. Go blind. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but we do. We like to discuss books and we like to discuss so many things just because we are constantly learning more about ourselves as humans and other people as, as humans. So, we read this book, The Lost Girls of Paris. I think, Caroline, did you suggest this book? I did. I think so. I did. Um, it is a book, it's a work of historical fiction, and it's based on um, real-life events that happened during World War II. And so, so I'm the history teacher. I thought I'd give just a little bit of background on this. Um, that they, during World War II, the, uh, not the Germans, the British are going to recruit these women to be agents in what was called the Special Operations Executive. It was founded in 1940 on the explicit orders from Winston Churchill to, quote, set Europe ablaze um, because we needed spies. And uh, they had used men in previous years of World War I and um, the first couple years of World War II, and it just wasn't working. And so he thought women, they thought women would be nondescript, nobody would think, because some of these people who went were like 17 years old. Some of them were moms. Um, so it was a wide array of people who had some background or some connection to f- speaking French or from France itself, because they had to blend in, not just be- with the language, but with, wasn't one of it like how you butter your bread? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like all these things that they had to, either they had knowledge of or they had to learn, so they recruited these women who could go and do these things. Wasn't it, didn't I read somewhere that the it was hard for the men because so many Frenchmen were gone mm-hmm. because of the war, you know, send over these other young men and it's, obvious. it's so obvious. Yeah. I think the bread buttering, those kinds of details were my, my favorite part of the yeah. book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
that was so, they were so intentional in training these girls to blend in completely. Um, and I thought that was super interesting. And when I was reading a little bit of background information about this, interestingly enough, one of the first women was not even British. She was from America. Um, and But she had been living in France when Germany invaded in 1940. And so she... Um, you know, had that background and, and could speak French and what have you. So, yeah, so it's a, it's a, it's a number of women. I think at the end it was 37, maybe I could be wrong about that, but it was for the amount of work that went into this, it was a relatively no, low number to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'm just thinking about, cause I, you know, I teach, I've been teaching World War II forever and the resistance movement in France was huge. Um, that it was only 30-something women well, This was really, really close to the end, 39 right? in all. Too. Like, it, wasn't, it didn't span a huge amount of time from the time it started till... Well, 1940 was actually when France was taken over by the Nazis. But by the time the women got over, it was, you know... That's what I mean. I mean, like, from the time they, they sent the women into France to the time the war ended, yeah. wasn't that much time. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, so she, Pam Janoff, is that how we say that name? She based a lot of these characters on real life people. Like one of the main characters, Eleanor Trigg, who's in charge of the um, SPO, right? SOE. Sorry, SOE. Um, the women's unit of the SOE, right? Yes, the women's unit of the SOE. Um, was a real lady because she was from Eastern Europe. So she was directly spot- inspired by a real life lady named Vera Atkins. Um, so yeah. So this is a book that was all summer long, maybe even a little bit before summer. Everywhere you went, it was on the table at the bookstore, in the bookstore window. Mm-hmm. Like, it looked so intriguing. Wasn't yeah. it supposed to be like a little bit like, was it the Alice Network? Mm-hmm. Another spy book that came out that was hugely popular. So mm-hmm. another kind of like genre of that. Yes. Wasn't that it? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. That's why I want. That's why I suggested it because I was mm-hmm. seeing it everywhere. Yeah, and I was very interested in reading it as well. But overall, it's kind of a want, 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 right, Jakes? Well, you know, sometimes I can be a fussy pants, <laughs> and I just had a hard time getting into this book for some reason, which I found strange because some of the details were so great, and I think the. Mm-hmm plot structure is very interesting and I think the history is interesting um and so I started to notice that I think that the characters weren't very developed and that the author would um give them just kind of sum them up with some throwaway lines that was supposed that were supposed to help me understand the character more but it just felt like I didn't have enough information and so I was struggling with this, and then we, um, we were, I had mentioned it to you guys, right? And I was like, I just, I'm a little frustrated with the writing in the book. I'm not exactly sure why. And I got to the line at the end of, an, of a um, Grace chapter, and she's talking about leaving her newfound love interest. So we want to introduce the three main okay, so, characters, and then we'll come back to that. So Grace is... The modern day woman, right? Modern day as in 1946. Like, she's solving the mystery. She finds Eleanor Trigg's suitcase and she finds the pictures of the women. And so she's trying to figure out who they are. And she's a woman who's a little bit distraught. Mm -hmm. And she works for... um, 
like a, almost like a social worker. He's it, a lawyer. A, right, a lawyer who is helping refugees. Mm-hmm. And she, her... She's a widow. Uh, were they ever married? Mm-hmm. They were married. Okay. Um, but her... They were supposed to meet... She was having him. She she made him change his plans. Anyhow, he ended up he in a car was, accident, right? But in the military, and ended up dying in a car accident, which was very, um, sort of like bad irony, kind of sadness for her. Okay, so all of that. So we have a lot of details about why she might be sad and a little lost. I think. That is built well. So, but when we first meet her, she is basically doing a walk of shame because she has spent the night oh, right. with uh, Mark, Mark, who was in the service with her husband. She'd met a few mm-hmm. times. They run into each other in New York. She She's coming up, to work the next day in her, in her same outfit, right? Yeah. And so, and so on. Um, it's you know not quite the middle of the book, but well into the book. She has another tryst with Mark, and she's ex- um, extracting herself from his, you know, the room, trying to leave. And he's like, oh, I want to get to know you better, blah, blah, blah. And the last sentence of the um, chapter just annoyed me so much. It was like, <laughs> seeing him again would be a mistake, and meeting him in Washington an even worse one which was exactly why she had to say yes. <laughs> just When I read that, I was like, okay, now I know why I'm annoyed. <laughs> so I was looking back through just a few minutes ago, and I can see now there is a, there is a paragraph in here, which I'm, I just brushed over, I guess, in, and I was probably supposed to make more sense of it in understanding her character. She says... Grace wasn't supposed to be hopping on a train to Washington on some wild quest, but figuring out her life here, whether to stay in New York or go home and what to do next. Well, if you're trying to figure yourself out and you got nothing to lose, right? Why is that such a bad option to her at that time? I don't understand why... If I don't know, I just I, so I guess that paragraph is supposed to was supposed to have helped me to understand what she was doing in New York and exactly what she was trying to build there, but well, I never got it. Was it her family? Like her family expected her to move back home? Is it is it like kind of the idea of the she's a widow and now she's she's needs somebody else to take care of her because you're supposed to go back home and she lied about being in New York, right? Like, her family didn't know she was there. She was trying to, like, do something on her own. Right, but I don't believe that we knew that yet. Okay. Like I don't, at that point in the book. I think, I don't know that I knew that until the very end, really. Okay. It's, it is not until she tells Mark, really, I think, why she can't go with him mm-hmm. that, we, that we find out. I, I was satisfied at the end with that because she does finally say it to him what I think had been below the surface, and I think it would have been interesting if she had chose, if the author had chosen to do dig more deeply into that. But she didn't really want to marry Mark, is what we find out. No, not Mark. She didn't really want to marry her husband, whatever his name was. Her husband was it Rob or something? And she felt pressure to marry him. She did kind of the the thing that was expected of her mm-hmm. marrying into a certain socioeconomic yeah um you know status being a wife you know doing that 
but that really wasn't what she wanted. And so I think, and this is total projection. I can see it now, like total projection. But like, I think she is one of the reasons why she struggles so much with his death is she's partially relieved. Mm -hmm. Yes. She might even say that to him. I don't know if I would, but she's partially relieved because she really didn't want to live that life. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I was so satisfied at the end when she makes the choice she makes, spoiler alert. Um, because, because I do think she is, um, She's a character who is doing something that is goes against what women should do. What at women that time. were doing at mm-hmm. that time, and that that's not easy, and um, and not what her family wants, yeah. and not what she's been brought up to be, and um, she has to get the courage to because, just to get the courage to do what she yeah. wants to do. Because Mark wants her to move to Europe, he gets mm-hmm. a good job. Mm-hmm. He's going to go work on the trials. Mm-hmm. The Right. Almost like the Nuremberg trials over there, and she, she wants he wants her to come, and she's like, "No, I have stuff that I need to do here." So that's a huge choice for her to make at that point in time. To, I thought it was, and I thought it was a cool like thread from the from the past to the present of yeah. the book, just in that her experience learning about these women and their bravery helps give her the courage to do something that is very hard yeah. for mm-hmm. her to do. Interesting. I agree with you. It, I mean, I don't read, I, and I'm not saying this to downplay myself, but I don't think I, sometimes I read the book books the way that you guys do as English teachers, as editors, you know, you guys are, you, you do all that stuff. It read very, it was fa- I think I read it in like a day. And so for me to just sit down and fly through it, it was just, it wasn't simple. It wasn't a book that I needed to like read and then sit with, read and then think about. So it just read like a very quick And it took me a long time to get through it. And I would read pages and then realize I haven't been paying attention to these words going into my head. I need to go back and look again. Um, and I don't, I, I, like I said, I don't know why I think there's a really good, well, I, I, I guess my, what I do know is that. I am a character reader. I read. For, there are plot readers and there are character readers, and I am one hundred percent a character reader. So, you know whose character I would have liked to hear heard more from is Josie. Yeah, I would have loved to have learned more about her um, because we only hear from the point of view of Eleanor, Marie, and Grace. And Josie was one of the recruits too, and she was seventeen. And um, super brave. Super. She brave. saves Marie's life. She does. She saves Marie's life in the end, but. I would have loved to know more about her. Yeah. It's, I mean, the, the book would have to be, uh, you know, you got to get the, if it's inspired by the true story, and I understand there was a nonfiction account of the real oh. history of it that had come out before this that was her inspiration. So if you've got to get the fact that, like, someone after the fact finds pictures and then goes on a journey that was part of the true story? Like, I, um, yes. Oh, Our, like, the person who wrote the nonfiction account did that. I'm Now I'm I doubting gotcha. myself. Now I'm doubting myself. No, the per, I don't think, a, 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 to my knowledge, a briefcase was not found in Grand Central, that part. Mm-hmm. But some, a modern day historian, historian. Yeah. Sarah Helm is her name. And um, I just have it right here. And she wrote the nonfiction account, A Life in Secrets, Vera Atkins and the Missing Agents of World War II. 
So I don't know if Janoff wanted to um, wanted to get that whole like someone, you know, someone later wanting to discover and then the act of discovery mm-hmm. must have been important she decided mm-hmm. that was important i guess right because then the book would have to be twice as long to get the character development that i would also like to see mm-hmm. you know um and don't you i mean like i would want to know a ton more about eleanor trigg too mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. um her character so flat and so cold um you know, and and look for a minute. I thought maybe she had been the traitor. Yeah, they like she yes. she convinced mm-hmm. me for a second that enough that I doubted, and then I felt guilty. Like I felt bad that I doubted Eleanor for a minute in the book. So I get that. So that's to me that's something. I, that's, you know, yes, mm-hmm. something good. That's true. But it's it is flat. I mean, the characters are flat, and even you know, that's some of the character d- development, even some of the plot stuff, like like um, Marie and is it Vesper, Julian, Julian name Vesper, and his love story, <laughs> and yeah. that and that love story. I thought that was ridiculous in my mind. I was just like, oh, they're in love. Okay, <laughs> yeah. And like, given the circumstance, you're like. I think they walk together for one time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when he leads her from the plane drop, right? Yeah. Like, it puts her in that shed overnight. Uh-huh. And, like, and comes and gets her. Read the quote that you read earlier. Find that. That was, I thought, accurate. Um, About where the love story took place. So, uh, right. So she's stationed in a small town in the French countryside and told to report on the movements of the Germans in town. She begins to fall in love with another spy, Julian, codenamed Vesper. If there's an emotional connection between the two of them, it happens in the author's imagination. Julian, an inert figure, all brooding proclamations in rough hands, and thus their relationship is made out of little more than fleeting looks. Um... And so there's not much of an actual physical relationship until the laughably horrific torture scene late in the book. Few men can get shot, quote, between the temple and the cheekbone, end quote, and still profess love in near Shakespearean sonnet. But apparently Julian is one. Yes. That's from the USA Today review of the book. So gruff and rough, but was he... Okay, so now I'm trying to remember... We he didn't even know a lot about him. He was rough and gruff, but he, he read that book because she was reading it? Or am I thinking of something else? Like, didn't she... S- see, this is what was happening as I was reading the book. Like, my mind would wander and I couldn't quite keep things. Doesn't matter. So, um, we haven't really said much about Marie's history. That I, I did think... Oh, yeah. Like, their backstories were interesting. Like... Like she, I was happy that she made it through. She leaves her daughter. She leaves her daughter. I mean, that's what they, you know, when I was looking at the history of it, 
it's a wide bread of people, people who are teenagers, people who are mothers. And she's a mom who had sent her daughter to the countryside. So she would already separate herself from her daughter. Because when the war happened and London was bombed, when the Nazis first bombed London, that's a really big deal that a lot of people, families, chose to send their kids out to the countryside to live with sometimes strangers and sometimes family members. So she had already sent Tess, right, in their name. Mm-hmm. She had already sent Tess out to the countryside and only talked to her, I think, once a week. Um, so she had already had this level of separation and then decided to go with Eleanor and and go and fight against the Nazis. And for some reason, it worked better for me that she she said that she originally wasn't going to go because of Tess, mm-hmm. but then realized that it was because of Tess that she had to go. Yeah. Um, that's a little simplistic, too, yes. but that... It's not that easy. <laughs> that felt a little better to me than... Just, just taken off. Than Grace's, you know, reasons for doing things right. being kind of wrapped up super quickly. So, apparently... I just don't didn't like Grace very much. <laughs> Maybe that was part of part of my problem. But you like Marie? Why How you does like- Marie get out of the place where she where Julian is shot? How does she get out of there? They take her as prisoner. Okay. Yeah, they, they just took I couldn't her out. remember that part because she ends up on a train, and that's when oh, right. um, okay, Josie okay. saves her. They're taking her to a they're, oh, they're taking them to a camp. I was I was looking for the I was looking in the book for the death scene. And um, so he gets shot, and while he is dying, he says, I love you. (laughs) We should have been together, Marie. I love you. Is that really what he said? And she says, and I, you. Oh, my gosh. And that's it. (laughs) And that's it. So that's not really a Shakespearean sonnet, but okay. Right. Okay. That's what I needed to see. Like I was Mm -hmm. trying to figure out what exactly, but anyway, my favorite part of the whole entire book was that Marie left Eleanor a secret code in a book. So I've decided that I'm going to find a way to do this. (laughs) Maybe for my children, maybe as like a wedding gift or I don't know, but take one of my favorite books and do this. So, Marie had been reading a book of poetry by a French poet in the cafe when she was recruited. Eleanor remembered, because Eleanor remembered everything, the name of that poet. And so when she goes into the room where Julian was shot while Marie was there with her, they had been staying there and being tortured there, she notices this. Well, because Eleanor went out of her guilt. She went to find out what happened because nobody knew who survived. Nobody knew anything about what happened to them. So in her part of her investigation, she she ends up in this room and she notices the poet's name on kind of, I think like carved in the bed or written somewhere, something and turns to the bookshelf (laughs) in the room, which I do find odd that there was a bookshelf in the torture room. (laughs) And there's a book. I didn't really understand that, but whatever. So she turns to the book. She's like, Oh, and she turns to the book and there's a book of poetry on that shelf And so she understands what Marie has done. So she opens up the book of poetry, finds the poem by that French poet, turns to it, and there are really, really faint underlines of letters on that poet that spell out London. And that's how 
Eleanor knows that it was an inside job. And I, for whatever reason, that was my favorite part. That is, I like, yes. I missed it. What? I, I think I was zoned out. at. So Caroline mentioned that um, right after finishing reading, and I pretended like I knew what she was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> which, cause I, I, I appreciate like, that. What did I miss? What did I, I don't remember what? this. this it's, it happens to me every now and again where I realize I've read and just not been paying attention. I did the same thing in the hours. Like at the end of the, uh, when I read the hours and then I watched the movie, I was like, oh, all. that ending is really important. That's funny. <laughs> what was the book? Oh, I do that too. I miss whole scenes. What was the book that they she was supposed to Marie was supposed to go to uh, the bookstore to see if this guy was safe and they said don't ask for that book. Nobody asked for that book. Do you remember what it was? It I was don't something remember. Something common. I was trying to remember what it was and it made me laugh that that was the book that they said nobody would ask for that book. That's also kind of I think what was tricky about this too is some of uh, some of the spy junk in it which is often a lot of fun. I just couldn't follow like a lot of the choices with the radio in the way that they had to demonstrate their, their mistakes and their, uh, what is happening? <laughs> like oh, yeah. everybody has a, a keystroke, like almost like a, that's a fingerprint because yeah. they push the keys differently. But then you also had a backup thing where you switched out letters. Right. And then there were, you know, should I keep transmitting or should I not? And I think, you know, it, I was kind of like, no, no. And then they do. And, but I wasn't sure how I was supposed to feel about it. <laughs> and it, um, it reminded me, help me remember. And then that, they broke it and made her put it back together. And then they sent her with the broken one. <laughs> right. I don't remember know. That? Yeah. That's how Eleanor knew it was hers later. Cause and it had, had been broken. And she had trouble with yeah. it because it was broken. I was like, anyway, Jake's, what were you saying? Sorry. <laughs> the, um, there was a book that came out a few years ago that was a really big deal, and it was about World War II and the um, like radios, the the use of radio, and there was... Um, Enigma? I don't think I read it. Oh, you did. You did. We've talked about it. Radio uh, Heroes? No, it's... Um, radio was just like a one part of it. it. It was a really famously popular book from the last two years. The Odyssey. Oh, right. Except, don't ask for that book. Wait, it said ask for it or don't Except it? it says, ask the owner if he has the Odyssey by Homer in the original. And that signals a, like that you're both, what's the word? Resistance. Okay. All right. Sorry, I thought it was something different. Unbroken? That's about a horse. I know. I just no. It's not. That's not about a horse. Oh, yeah. okay. And at first, she says that she accidentally asked for the Iliad, and then she's like, "Oh no, oh. wait! I meant the Odyssey, which is very random." <laughs> I might. Um, I might make that same mistake. <laughs> the um, Anne Frank. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I didn't understand the crystals part of that radio what stuff. Is, like, I would like. To, I need to mm-hmm. see that. Yes, I want. Yes. Uh huh. And it kind of, and then it looked like a. A uh, record player, is that right? Mm-hmm. That's how they that's how it disguised described. it. The book yes. thieves. Are you are you just going to keep doing that? Um, I'll stop. <laughs> you seem so excited. I was trying to figure it out for Anyhow, you. Anyhow, the, the great thing about that book was how the radio transmissions played into everything. And um, you're going to have to cut this out. My. I do not remember that. What you're talking about. 
because it was just as one part of this bigger book about World War II. And I can't remember anything else about it. It might have had Paris in the title. The Lost Girls of Paris? No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. The Paris House. The the City of Paris? I do not remember. Are you doing... What are you, what are you searching for over there? I was doing all kinds. I said, radio transmitter, World War II book. Then I was like, World War II books. Novel. Do novel. World War II. Novel. And then go to tools yeah. and do last two. all the light we can't see yes that's it all the light we cannot see oh i loved that book but i can't remember in. anything about what it right happened? now i'm gonna keep all that in <laughs> i remember loving that book but i can't remember anything about it right now so oh somebody's blind because they can't see <laughs> any light the light Take that out too. No, I'm leaving that in. No. That was hilarious. Anyhow, it just made me think of how much better that book was than this one. Yeah. And oh, I remember. So that's the point in the end. <laughs> yeah. And we're done. <laughs> Boom. But just like the way it described the the use of the radio made sense in my brain, even though I, I don't understand it truly anymore. But it felt magical and interesting, and and in this one, I was like, "What is? Where does the crystal go? That's she had it in her pocket. That's exactly and what I was it, thinking. Does it look like a well, like a hippie crystal? That's, that's what I pictured the whole well, entire I was picturing time. Something very fragile, and you're going to put it in your pocket. I didn't know. Like, and I don't understand where that would go and what purpose it would serve. That doesn't make any sense to me. Maybe they were. From the beginning, all. this was a disaster. They just, I mean, you know what? If only two of them or, or six of them survived out of 39, maybe it wasn't very well planned out. Well, that's another well, thing. Well, it wasn't. If it was, it was an insight. I mean, they gave them up. They did. Right? Is that true history too, I wonder? Do you know? <laughs> I bet it is. Uh, my gut, which does nothing. For some reason, it feels like it. That would be right. Like, yeah, like that whole that whole idea of like the ends justifying the means, and or they're women too, and we're just going to sacrifice them. Yeah, or like thir- forty people are going to die, but we're going to end the war in our favor. You know, like yeah. that seems real, mm-hmm. right? Yes, absolutely. Like a country betraying its own for the greater good, or whatever, seems real. And why did he do it? <laughs> because they I think, end, he, they I think used he was it a, as a decoy like once they knew that I think I remember once they knew the Germans had figured it out they kept going with them and used that as a decoy for what they were really doing over here and knew that it meant these women were going to be captured and killed but it gave them an advantage in preparation for Whatever the thing was that they were anticipating. Was it D-Day? That's what I wanted to say, but I didn't know if that was right. Holly, is that right? What, is it D-Day? What? Is that what I they mean, were planning for? Yes. They don't say that, but that was bef- right as D-Day was happening. 
part of the resistance job was to do stuff like that. Like their job was to mess with their transportation and their communication system so that when D-Day happened, it would distract them and make it easier for them to invade. So they never said D-Day, but that's what I was assuming, especially the time frame around it. I wish, um, I almost wish someone else would take the same plot and rewrite the book. Oh, and I was also looking, I noticed that her, on the front of ours, it says that um, her, that she is the New York Times bestselling author of, author of The Orphan's Tale, which I've never heard of, but I wonder if that is about. I bet it's about the orphan, orphan train. The orphan train. Orphan train, and, yeah. Somebody did a research paper on that for us years ago. Mm-hmm. That was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, like at the beginning of um, The Chronicles of Narnia. You know, the yeah. Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Mm-hmm. That's why they're out in the country. That's the Blitz. Okay. All right, team. What are we reading? Did we decide what we're reading next? Mm-hmm. We did. Holly I, texted it to I us the remember. other day. Oh, right, 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 right. What's the name of it? I don't know, H. Let me find the text. It is... Ooh, let's see if I can remember. That'll be fun to test of my brain. Do it, do it. Dig. dig. It is because you... The author has three names... Yes. The middle. So it's Karen Joy Fowler is the author. Mm-hmm. And the book is. Something about indifference or. We are all. You're almost there. We are all engulfed in flames is what's coming <laughs> in my head. But that's a, like. That has some something about on the margins. No, uh, beside ourselves. Beside ourselves. That's uh. it. We're all beside ourselves. Is that what it is? It is. That's what it is. Sure. We are all. Y'all, I'm just not. Even gonna that was edit. a remarkable feat of collective memory. <laughs> I'm just not even going to edit this podcast. I'm just going to. We're. It's I'm just going straight in. <laughs> we're going to keep that in. I'm. Help I'm a little afraid yes. that y- you're not joking. I'm not. I'm really not. <laughs> We are all completely beside ourselves. A novel, Karen Joy Fowler. So that's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna read. I saw it. Um, somebody I know on in real life, but on uh, social media, posted that she said that was one of the best books that she's read. And then so many people commented underneath it and were like, "Yes, yes, yes." And this yes. is someone whose opinion we trust. Maybe okay. Um, she won the Man Booker Award. Oh well, a good Man Booker book. There was a, a finalist. Mm-hmm. A finalist. I, dig a, I dig a man booker book. Um, a finalist for it. Well, I'm personally am super duper excited to read it, and I'm going to go order it ASAP. Right now. Amazon Rhyme. All right, team. So Amazon Rhyme? Prime. <laughs> sounded like you said rhyme. kind of did. And then I, <laughs> it was so a soft P. I was wanting was to just pee. be able to rhyme. <laughs> okay, we got to stop this. All right, y'all. Thank you for joining us this week on... We're three, not going to talk about three what, friends in a book. What we've been? Oh yeah, what have we been doing? So we haven't you. potted for I so long. I hate this part. This is the part I try to avoid. Well, I will go first then and let you speak of those things. Um, I have been watching. I read this book. Oh, I read a book, Caroline. You gave it to me, and it I thought it was fantastic. And it's called Maybe You Should Talk to Somebody, and it's a book written by a therapist about her experience going to therapy. Um, I, Fresh Air had an interview with her back in May, and I thought it was hilarious. Because she basically, 
as somebody who's been to therapy, like says all the things that we think when we go to therapy, like, does my therapist think I'm crazy? What are these people doing in here? And so the book is about her experience going to therapy. And it also follows three of her clients through their therapy experience with her permission. And they changed their names and it was all like, it was all legal. Um, and I thought it was a really good book and I read it last week, but I've been watching succession is on. I've been watching that. I watched all of Veronica Mars last in the summer, and I finished up with the latest season on Hulu because I love Kristen Bell. And then I think you mentioned the Mindy Kaling series, Four Weddings and a Funeral. Mm-hmm. Didn't you say you watched that? We've I've watched a couple episodes. Um, and I watched that. I finished the last episode last night. And I thought it was lovely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So those are my three things. I really miss Veronica Mars. I loved the teenage detective. <laughs> I don't know why. Well, now she's an adult detective in the last season. It's so different. Mm-hmm. It's very, I mean, it has to be because she's like 12 years old, four, 15 years older than she was. But yeah, I liked it a lot. What about you, Janine? What have you been doing? Well, I read the book Eleanor Oliphant is Perfectly oh. Fine, which is one that the description did not grab me and... Um, it said something, there was some line on the jacket about, and Eleanor Oliphant was some kind of way until the tech guy drives her crazy, or I, I don't, didn't really remember it, but I was just like, eh. Somebody, but it was a great book. Someone gave it to me, and it is just such a lovely collection of words. Mm-hmm. And I, talk about character de- development. She is. Um, she's great. She is straight up. <laughs> complicated Mm -hmm. and I loved her so very much there's a lot to her character and if anybody's gonna read it I'm gonna spoil it it is it is a fantastic I might read it so don't spoil it and and you can tell that the author just loves words and it makes me happy because Eleanor uses very precise language with you know words that you don't hear people use very often but you think yes when you're wanting to explain that that is the correct word to use, but no one uses that word. I can't yeah. think of one right now, but I just, I was charmed by it. Um, I'm all, we have also started watching Succession. It makes me feel a little dirty when I watch it. There's no value in it. Like I like, like it. I know. People like it, and it's fun, and um, Greg's really into it, but, like, ew. Ew, David. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That comes back in a couple of weeks. What does? Schitt's Creek. Oh, I thought it was done. September 28th, <gasps> one more season. You just made my day. Yeah, I would have thought so. Like, if I had thought it was over and learned that there was another season, that would have made me really happy. Wow. What a stunning turn of events today. I can't believe you didn't know that. You know all of this stuff all the time. No, I don't. Anyhow. Okay. Bye. Caroline. <laughs> I got nothing, y'all. I haven't been watching any TV and just, you know. Uh, I So I started reading. So it's been sitting on my bedside for a really long time is Sing Unburied Sing. Mm. Did y'all read that? Jessamine Ward? I have uh-huh. it on my nightstand. I just haven't read so it. So that's been sitting there forever. And I really want to read it because I'm thinking that that might be a good book for my class at some point. And so I started it. Well... Then I then I put it down. It was a great start, and I will go back to it soon. But I wanted to reread. So at the end of last school year, I read a novel called Ask Me No Questions. Tell me no lies. Marina Budos. And um, 
uh, because I was looking to include a Muslim American experience, a novel about a Muslim American experience in my class. And this came up as widely popular. It's it's old. It's from 2007. So I'd like to find something else maybe, but I think this will work fine. Anyway, so it's about the experience of a family who's from Bangladesh right after 9-11. Mm-hmm. And um, so I read that at the end. Then I, so I put it on my book list, and I'm thinking that I wasn't sure if I, we would do that next in my class. So I wanted to reread it so I'd be ready to teach it. So I put Sing Unburied Sing down, and I picked up this other one. And it's a young adulty. It's okay. very quick and easy read. I think I would be interested in reading that. But it's very interesting. I actually think our girls will like it a lot. Because I had a student um, a couple years ago. She might be a senior in college now who... I think was in kindergarten after 9-11 and she was from Bangladesh and she talked about her family's experience in my class. So it's, you know, they're here and it's narrated from the point of view of the, uh, the younger of two sisters and they try to flee to Canada. And when they come back, Canada won't take them because it's too full. When they come back into America, the father's visa's expired. So he gets arrested. And so they're like, you know, they're just living in the shadows, basically just scared every minute that they're going to be found out and sent back. And uh, anyway, so that's what I'm reading. And um, I don't know, in the evenings uh, right now, we haven't been watching much TV just because it takes, it's very late before my kids have their homework done and we can all, like I could settle down. And so um, I'm just wrapping up. The only thing I am watching is Big Brother. Which yeah, I, I haven't watched. But see, when I tell you what I do, time. then you then you say that, then you judge me. It makes me laugh. But it's I think it's you, I've everybody watched, needs. I've watched every summer since it started. Every time my sister watches it, and we yeah. talk about it. The reason why I said I did that is because the last time we podcasted, y'all talked about it, and y'all thought that I would win. And that conversation made me laugh. Uh, when I went back and edited the podcast, listened to it, it made me laugh, and so that's why. I, I'm, I do, I feel a little bad, like, not bad, but I'm a little disappointed that I don't know what, what it, who's left and all that stuff, because, you know, we were watching it, it was a family show for us, and we would all talk about it. Sometimes you just gotta give in to well, your, what the, what, what Maggie it's wants It's terrible watch. and all of that, but it's almost over, so I'm gonna see it through to the end, and then Survivor will crank up, which is also one of my favorites, I bring back to All-Stars. It's going to be great. All right, friends. Well, good check-in. Um, so, yeah. What's our book? We are all completely beside ourselves. Go get you a copy and read along. Thanks for listening. See you next time.